Hello and welcome back to the Money Bear Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Clover Mini Coach on the internet. And this is your quick tip episode. So this is where I'll give you guys a little quick tip to take into your daily life. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about 10 things I would do right now if I was starting over with my financial freedom journey. So what would I do if I was starting over from scratch today with my finances? We'll talk about that in about 10 minutes. But first, a little life update over here at Clover headquarters. I think I mentioned this last week, but I have been dealing with a really bad rash. And I just found out yesterday that the doctors think that it is a bad staph infection. So all my jujitsu and training three classes in a row has resulted in me getting a really gnarly skin infection that has basically taken over my left arm. It looks like I almost look like I'm a burn victim on that arm. And then on my right arm, I have something that it like it's still staff, but it looks like ringworm. It's like these circular rashes. So sorry, I probably should have given a trigger warning for that, right? Trigger warning talking about gross rashes. (laughs) It has been really not fun. I am not a very gracious patient. (laughs) Because I mean, it's one of those things, my friend Deanna worded it perfectly yesterday when I was talking to her, we're both single and both very strong, independent women, you know, the whole shtick. And she's like, it's always in moments when we are sick that it's like, do I really want to be this strong, independent woman anymore? (laughs) Do I really want to keep doing it? And sometimes we just got to look at our dog, Logan, and just be like, can't you drive me to the hospital? Can't you find a parking spot? Can't, you know, pick up my meds for me? Because it's so hard carrying the whole team. You know, sometimes it's just I don't want to be a strong, independent woman anymore. And when it's these moments is when I feel that the most of like, I'm just drained of energy. I am itchy. I'm tired and I'm frustrated because I can't do the things I want to do. It is healing. I think quickly. It's really hard to tell though, because like I said, my skin looks like I am the victim of a burning, like I'm dealing with fire (laughs) essentially. And so I think it's getting better. It looks less red and angry, but it still doesn't look good. And staff, here's the thing, not to be a total pansy, but staff freaks me out a little bit just because it has a 10 to 30% mortality rate. And I know that that number is skewed because a lot of times staff happens when somebody's already sick with something else and they're at the hospital and then they get staff because of the, you know, their immune response and how they're already down immunity wise. But it's still a scary number to be like, wow, I have something that has a 10 to 30% morbidity rate or more mortality rate. So as long as it doesn't get into my bloodstream and as long as I pay attention and notice if I get a fever or anything like that, I just got to go straight to the hospital because if I do, that could be signs of sepsis and sepsis is deadly. So yeah, that's what I've got carrying on my back today. The good news is I'm on antibiotics now. I've got an antibiotic cream. I've got oral antibiotics. So I'm finally being treated correctly because I had seen two telehealth doctors who both said, oh, no, that's definitely not staff. And eventually when it wasn't getting better, I had posted about it on Instagram. And one of my best friends, Elise, was like, Chloe, that looks so bad. She's like, do you mind if I send this to my friend who is a physician's assistant in dermatology? And I was like, please, if you don't mind, absolutely send it to her. Because when I tried to get a dermatology appointment, I called 
five or six doctor's offices and all of them were booking a month in advance, if not longer. And so I was like, I have a dermatology appointment, but it's not for another two weeks. So if, yeah, if she could give me her thoughts on it, that would be amazing. And her name's Cassie. And she asked a couple of questions and looked at the photos of the stages of my rash, which is crazy. Like if you look at the the progression, it looks like teeny tiny little bumps that look nothing like staff, nothing to be concerned about at all, to looking like chicken pox, to then looking like a burn victim, to then looking like what I've got right now. It's been really nasty. <laughs> but luckily, Cassie saw the photos and she was just like, oh, that is definitely infectious. She's like, it looks like bolus impetigo, which is a version of staph, I believe. And she needs to be on antibiotic stat. They need to do a culture of it to confirm. And if the culture comes back negative, she's going to have to get a biopsy. So that kicked my ass into gear to get into an actual doctor immediately. So I booked a doctor's appointment yesterday at a like like a family care location that does urgent care as well as family care. And I called ahead to be like, hey, can you guys do cultures? And they did a, a culture and confirmed that it looked like a really bad staph infection. And they're also going to be testing it for MRSA. So yeah, that's been my health journey, guys. <laughs> I feel like my health has been so much worse since having long COVID last year when I felt like I was sick for months. I was sick from like, gosh, I was sick from like June until October last year. And it was awful. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't be physically active in the way that I wanted to. I was constantly winded. I was constantly exhausted. And so I'm using this as an opportunity to remind myself that my body needs rest and you know, if that means sleeping in and that means getting more sleep. Like last night, I slept for 12 hours because I'm trying to honor my body's tiredness, which is hard for me, especially when I got a lot of stuff to do. So yeah, that's what's been going on. From what I've read, staff is no longer contagious after I think up to 72 hours of treatment. So the good news is by this weekend, I should be clear to go to a competition, a jujitsu competition that I'm going to go watch. And I'm really excited because I think I might someday, even with getting staff and even with popping my knee and getting my face whacked in the nose and nearly breaking it, I still love it. And I cannot wait for my infection to be at least healed enough that I can go back into the gym to do more jujitsu because I absolutely love it. So. Yeah, I guess that means I, it was funny when I popped my knee and then I got staff. You would think that it would be a, like a deterrent for me to continue doing jujitsu or like I would be not interested in continuing doing jujitsu because of my injuries and how hard it is on the body. But it's almost like a test to be like, do you really want to do jujitsu? And the answer is, yeah, I do. I really love it. So instead, I'm going to start taking more precautions to make sure I don't get staff. I mean, I was doing everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing. You know, in between classes, I would change my rash guard, I would wipe down, and I would shower immediately after practice, after, you know, going home. And I still got it. So now I'm going to order some defense wipes and foam to wash myself in between in between classes if I stay for multiple classes. And I'm also, I got some antibacterial soap. So yeah, quite the journey. You guys know so much about me and my 
skin conditions and inner workings. But yeah, it's lonely being sick, especially as a single person again. Yeah, I don't do well being stuck in my house, especially when the weather is nice. And of course, the antibiotics also make me more sensitive to sun. So I can't really go onto the sun for the next two weeks. And if I do, I have to be totally covered. So I ordered some really lightweight long sleeves because I'm going to need it. Even this morning when I was taking Logan out for a walk, I don't have the lightweight long sleeves yet. So I was just wearing a regular long sleeve. I was sweating my balls off. So (laughs) wish me luck on the next two weeks because I've got a bunch of things going on fun things that I want to be able to attend. I just got to be really careful about it. So yeah, that's probably enough about my health situation. But I will say to all of you who messaged me on Instagram and, you know, gave me your words of comfort and, you know, tried to give me suggestions and things like that. I do want to say I appreciate you. It did make me feel less alone. It made me feel validated in my concerns and validated in my anxiety around it. Cause yeah, like I said, I'm not a very good patient. I get anxious. I'm not gracious. I'm panicky and concerned and frustrated, but the good news is at least now I have somewhat of answers and I'm pretty sure it's staff so I can move forward. But it's funny, all my podcast interviews today, I've been, I've been sitting like a goalpost because it's the only way that I'm not itchy or touching my staff infection. So I'm literally like my hands are on the two arm bars for or arm rests. And I'm like standing here like a goalpost because I'm itchy and I don't want the infection to be touching the furniture so that it doesn't get irritated. <laughs> so that's an insight to what my life is like right now. All right. So I feel like that's probably enough for you guys, right? You've heard now enough about my health. Let's talk a little bit about what would I do if I was starting over today with my finances. Um, the reason I picked this is because it did a really well on Instagram when I posted it a few, few days ago. And the first thing that I would do is I would, well, and I don't know if these are necessarily in order, but they're pretty much in order. But the very first thing I would do is I would get clear on why I wanted to be good with my finances in the first place. And I will say we have all of this, all the steps of this are inside of my free money guide, which you can get at moneyrightguide.com. I highly recommend grabbing this because all that I'm about to talk to you about, we discuss in that free guide and you get tons of resources to get started immediately. But we need to know why we're doing what we're doing with our finances because it's going to keep us in the game. The the game is a long one. Us dealing with our expenses and building our wealth and, and pursuing financial freedom, it takes years, if not decades, if not multiple decades. So we got to be clear on why we're doing it so that we can stay the course when things get hard. And I promise you, it will sometimes get hard. The second thing that I would do is I would open a high-yield savings account because a high-yield savings account is such an easy win. When we're thinking about where do we store our cash, where do we put put our emergency fund? Where do we put our sinking funds? The answer is in a high yield savings account. And the nice thing is a lot of high yield savings accounts now, Ally included, offer checking accounts as well. So using a high yield savings account these days is pretty much a no brainer. And again, we have my favorite and more information on high yield savings accounts inside the Money Right Guide. So moneyrightguide.com. 
Now, the third thing that I would do is I would work on tracking my spending, which is the first thing that I did when I was pursuing financial freedom the first time around or when I first started this journey. The reason is, is because money is our greatest resource. It's the thing that allows us to have more time to be able to have less stress, to pursue the things that we love and in order for us to wisely use that resource, we got to know how much we got and we got to understand where is it going. So the power of tracking your spending is that you can see where your money is going, but you can also see that you have money. It just may not be going to the places that you want it to go to. So again, if you need a tool to help you track your dollars, of course, we have that in the Money Right Guide, moneyrightguide.com. The fourth thing that I would do is I would focus on creating a zero-based budget. What is a zero-based budget? A zero-based budget is assigning every dollar a job. So all your income that you get in from your paycheck, it's giving each dollar of that income a job to go out and do something. So that includes assigning it to savings. It includes assigning it to debt payoff. It includes assigning it to investing. But the idea is that you want to make sure every dollar is called for so that plan is airtight and you know if you go over budget in one thing, you're going to have to take from something else in order for you to not go into debt. I love a zero-based budget. There are lots of ways to do a zero-based budget. And of course, we have all of that in the free guide. Now, the next thing I would do is I would focus on paying off any high interest credit card debt. So credit card debt is something that's hard to get out of. And the sooner we can get out of it, the better we are. Now, this does not mean that I would stop all my other financial goals in order to get out of the credit card debt. It just means that if I had a hundred extra dollars a month to dedicate to my financial goals, maybe 50 of that would go towards paying off that high interest credit card debt beyond the minimums. And then that other $50, I would divide between maybe saving for an emergency fund and investing for my future. But we do want to prioritize that at least a little bit so that we can get out of it as quickly as possible and treat it like a bill. The next thing I would say, and maybe this goes before you know the credit card debt thing, is we want to be working on an emergency fund. An emergency fund is huge in terms of your peace of mind and your ability to not have to panic in a bad situation, to not have to go into credit card debt. An emergency fund can be a lifesaver. And if you're a single person, generally the recommendation is for you to focus on a six-month emergency fund, which means if you look at your bare minimum expenses of what you would have to spend, even if you had no income coming in, what would you still need to spend? Take that and multiply it by six. And that is what your emergency fund would need to be as a solo income household. If you are a two income household, you can get away with a three month emergency fund. So six months, if you are a single income, uh, three months, if you are a two income household. Now, the next thing I would do if I was starting over from scratch is I would be investing in a Roth IRA. The reason I prioritize a Roth IRA over a traditional IRA is just because of that tax-free savings. Being able to have different buckets of money in retirement is huge. And we love some tax-free money in retirement so that we can use that bucket, take it out whenever we want in retirement and not have to worry about paying taxes on it. So I would do that. But also I love that the contributions in a Roth IRA, you can take out at any time. So if you decide, 
oh shoot, I need to take money out of my Roth IRA because of XYZ. I exceeded my emergency fund and I still need to access some of this money. That is a possibility. Obviously, we want to avoid that if we can avoid that, but it is an extra added perk of being able to access that money if you needed to access that money. Then the next thing, again, these aren't necessarily in chronological order, but I would be working my ass off on increasing my income because more income gives us more options. And if we are increasing our income while also managing our expenses, that is just a beautiful combination of things that allows us to do more, to save more, to invest more, to have more options, more time freedom, and to make progress on our goals a lot faster, but also just like live our life. So that's what I'd be doing, whether it was through starting a business, whether it was through a side hustle, whether it was through just working at work to get promoted or finding a new job to get paid better, that would be my next deal. Then after that, I would work on maxing out my 401k. So no matter what, we always want to make sure that we are getting our employer match. That's probably something I should have included on this list. But a 401k, you can contribute up to, I think, $22,500 in 2023. And that usually goes up every year, depending on the adjustments the IRS makes. But that's a lot of money that we could be investing. And the reason that, number one, it's not a requirement. You don't have to put away $22,500 a year. That's a lot of money, especially if we're also including our $6,500 that we put into a Roth IRA. But the reason I would start at least putting as much as I can into my 401k is because that's going to reduce my tax bill in the year that I contribute to it. And then the other beautiful thing about a traditional IRA, I'm sorry, a traditional 401k is that that is going to be automatic. It goes out of your paycheck before you even have a chance to spend it, which I think is a beautiful thing, especially when we're starting out. I always love telling the story of my brother, Max, who's one of our Clobear money coach or Clobear DM managers. And he was contributing loyally to his 401k for a few years, had never even logged in, but he knew he had picked a target date fund when he signed up. And he increased his contributions to his 401k every single year, even though he didn't understand what a 401k was. And then recently in the last year, I was like, let's just like log in and look and make sure you're invested. And we looked and he had 50 grand just chilling there. How nice would that be? That's the power of automating things, of doing it anyway, and even doing it when you don't understand what the heck a 401k is. This is why I love 401ks for people because it takes the decision-making away. It allows you to go ahead and get started without ever having to know anything about investing in the first place. So we love that. Yes, some 401ks don't have great options. Yes, some 401ks have high fees, but sometimes that the ability for you to get started and putting away money that you would have otherwise spent, that outweighs the cons of a 401k. And some 401ks are great. So it just depends. And then the final thing that I would do, which I feel like might get some pushback, but this is what I would personally do is instead of focusing on all the little shit that brings us joy that we can cut out, I would be looking at how can I lower my big expenses like my car payment or my housing expenses? Because those are probably most of our biggest expenses, right? So if we can find ways to lower those things, there's a lot of things out there we can do, but that's going to make 
a much bigger impact than you cutting out a $7 latte that brings you joy every Thursday, you know? So ways to think about how can I get creative here is like, am I in a place where I can get a roommate? Is it possible for me to downsize? Is it possible for me to check out another neighborhood? Is it possible for me to rent out one of my rooms on Airbnb? Is it possible for me to, you know, be a part-time property manager and work here for a discounted rate, but also be able to live here. You know what? There's so many ways to get creative when it comes to our housing costs. I know that that's not going to be available to everybody. If you have a family and you've got kids and you're stuck in your place, sure, this probably isn't going to be the best option. But if you have flexibility, if you have the ability to try other things and get creative, it can make a really big impact on your overall overhead numbers. And then when it comes to lowering car payments, there are a lot of creative things you could do there. You could be renting your car on Toro when you're not using it. You could downgrade maybe to a one car household. You could downgrade to a paid off card, a used car. You could even consider, oh, I had an idea, wrapping your car. Like People will pay you to wrap your car and drive around a wrapped car like that has like some business entity on it. So if you just do a little bit of Googling, a little bit of searching on how, what are ways for me to lower my housing costs? What are me to lower my car payments? You'll be surprised by how many creative ideas there are out there. But even if going beyond those, like what are are these fixed big expenses that I can explore lowering? And here's the thing. I am not against people lowering their student loan payments through income-based repayment plans or through refinancing if that means you're clearing up more money for other financial goals and you're sure you're going to use it. Because if you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, and you've got decades to let your money grow, personally, I think investing is a much bigger priority than paying off those dang student loans because those dang student loans are going to be less than 10% interest rate for pretty much everyone out there. And that means that could clear up some money for you to be investing in the years where your dollars have the biggest impact. So that's a pretty unpopular financial opinion, I would say. But when we look at those 20s and 30s as prime opportunities for building wealth and it being an easier path to building wealth because your dollars are so much more powerful in your 20s and your 30s, I say take advantage of that baby cakes. There's a reason I'm not paying off the rest of my student loans early. Like I'm letting that sit chill. I almost considered refinancing it one more time, but my interest rate is so low at 3.54%. It just doesn't make sense for me to do it again, especially with interest rates going up right now. But, you know, it's all about thinking outside the box. So that was kind of a little rapid fire. I hope it was still helpful for you guys. But again, if you were like, oh, I like all of these ideas, download our free Money Right Guide at moneyrightguide.com because it will give you this blueprint and resources for each step of the way. All right, my friends, I love you all. Sending you love and kisses and I'll see you guys next week. And hopefully my staff infection will be better by then. You know, thoughts and prayers, sorrows, sorrows. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Money Bear podcast. If you've made it this far, do us a favor, take two seconds, rate, review and subscribe. It seriously means the world to me. And if you just take a sec to do that, I will appreciate you endlessly. And if you do, let me know on Instagram and I'll thank you personally. So got that. And of course, since we were talking about 
anything financial on this show, please note that nothing on this show is intended as financial advice. I don't know you, unfortunately. And because of that, I cannot tell you what to do with your money. You've got to work with a financial professional who knows your situation, who is preferably a fiduciary. And keep in mind that everything that we talk about on this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It's all my opinion. So there's that. If you want to see our full terms and conditions, head on over to the show notes. And while you're there, we've got free resources for you to get started on your money journey down in the show notes as well, including a free guide to help you with your budgeting templates and budgeting tutorials and investing 101, understanding the different accounts that are out there. All that good stuff is inside of my free guide, which is also available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. So If you're ready to take our relationship to the next level, I am also hosting a monthly investing class. And that investing class, you can find the times we're offering it this month at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. That link is in the show notes as well. And that's where you have the chance to meet me live and ask those money questions live. It's a good time. We've had over 20,000 people as of recording this join or register. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to meet you guys. So I hope to see you there again. All that is available down in the show notes. So thank you again for coming and listening. I appreciate you and I'll see you next week. 